The following is a hoop ball presentation. Good morning, and welcome to another edition of Hoop Balls DFS today. This is your Saturday. March 13th edition. I am your host, Santino Cocone, and I am here with our Saturday guy and Aaron Asmus. How you doing today, Aaron? Doing great. Feeling refreshed after the All-Star break. And it's always, this is kind of the first All-Star break where I was kind of, I was actually looking forward to taking a little time off. Uh, just kind of with how the season ended up last year, uh, just kind of feels like we've been doing NBA for constantly nonstop and it was nice to get a little break but ready to ready to get back into it yeah we it's been a uh, we only had that 70 70 days off and then uh, every night after that uh, so I, I felt good too I'm, I'm glad we had that restart or that refresher there for a little bit and um now we're getting right back into things every game the main or mainly every slate after this uh moving forward is going to be a nice nice seven six eight game slate uh so i'm gonna have a lot of basketball every night perfect all right man and tonight we have a we have a a one early game showdown but we're gonna go right into the the main slate for you guys so we have seven games on this main slate and that's uh where we're gonna focus our attention here and the first game of this main slate kicks off at 7 p.m eastern standard time we have We'll say three of them, three games at 7 p.m. Eastern time, uh, one at 7.30, one at 8, and two at 10. So uh, we will have four of those before the 8 o'clock hits. So I, I believe we'll have most of the news hopefully by then. Um, as we're recording this, Joel Embiid is going to he hurt his knee, left the game. It will have an MRI uh, tomorrow. They're, they're diagnosing him with a hyperextended knee. So uh, just just so we're all there, <clears throat> I don't know if he'll be playing uh, for the foreseeable future, but we'll see. Uh, he's not playing today anyway, but just throwing that one out there. Uh, for this first game is the Brooklyn Nets at the Detroit Pistons. Or no, the Detroit Pistons at the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, we have a 228 total for this, and a the Nets being a, an 11.5 favorite at home on the injury report we have spencer dinwiddie kevin durant blake griffin all out and luau cabarro as doubtful on the piston side we have schroeder okafor and killian hayes all out uh, let's start with the detroit side because they are the away team in this one uh, where, where are you looking here we saw that delone wright came back in the last one uh they just traded Svi. I'm, I'm assuming diallo is not going to be available for this but uh, where would you be looking at on, on this on this team yeah, it's kind of tough. Um, you would think with Dennis Smith out and they don't have Svi, who's kind of been a really key rotational player for them this whole season, that we would be able to find some value. But um, unfortunately, kind of the rest of their main guys are still are going to be able to play. Uh, Jeremy Grant's going to be active. Plumlee, Josh Jackson, DeLon Wright, Sadiq Bey uh, are still all going to play. And they're all priced appropriately i would say for for their new roles no one's really an overarching value and kind of the issue we've had with the pistons all season 
is outside of Jeremy Grant, none of them really get above like 28, 27, 28 minutes. And, um, the Pistons just seem really un, unrelenting and overextending anybody outside of Grant. So I think he's probably the, the one target uh, in this game. Um, but it's even then it's still not a great spot because you're look, you're looking at the 11 and a half point spread and very likely blowout run against the Nets. But um, in this team context, Grant has still kind of maintained real control over the offense. Uh, he's had a 28.9 percent usage rate and is averaging 1.13 fantasy points per minute um, with uh, the guys they're going to have available for this game. Which is good. It's not amazing, though, for a 7,700. Yeah, in, in this team, uh, I'm looking the last time, the first time these guys played against each other, the front court, and Mason Plumlee specifically, he had a monster game. He put up 50 DraftKings points. Uh, he played 38 minutes. I don't expect another 38 minutes from him, but I could see playing around 30. And I think at uh, even at 6-2, I think he can bring value back here. Uh, but if you do think it's a blowout and you think the 11.5 spread is light, you can also look at Isaiah Stewart. He put up nine points in nine minutes in the first game. Uh, but he's only 3,600, and I really like the front court matchups on this team. Mm-hmm. Uh, with with no Svi and, and no one else, <clears throat> he started in the last one, which was a little bit surprising still, now that everybody's pretty much back. Uh, so I don't know where I would want to look elsewhere if if I don't want to go Grant because he is 7,700 now. Uh, but maybe Wayne Ellington slides back into that starting role, has has a few looks here and there, and he's only 4K, and, and we know he can make threes when he's open. So I, I don't mind looking at uh, the two front court options and, and possibly Wayne Ellington, but I would like him only if he starts. Yeah, it's just kind of all very volatile. Um, if Ellington does start, 4K is not too shabby. Um, and we kind of don't know how they're going to shake out this new rotation. Just Detroit's been a very weird team all year where we haven't really been, uh, where there's been injuries or, you know, Blake Griffin getting sat and then coming back and then they trade Derrick Rose. They haven't really had a chance to just be like, okay, these, these are our eight, nine guys that we have together for a month and we can kind of nail down a rotation. So it's, Again, I think we could probably find some better spots uh, on this slate than Detroit. All right, man. And how about on on the other side of the ball? We have the the Nets. Uh, we have their big two. We know that Durant is out. Blake Griffin's not making his debut yet. Uh, but where would you look on here? Yeah, I mean, I think the, the big news is not really all that much of news, but James Harden has just kind of become the James Harden of old where at the beginning of the season with the Rockets, he was really struggling and obviously not motivated to play and was just not what we were used to. But uh, I think we can say he's back. He's really confident running the point for this team. Um, Kyrie's been awesome at the off-guard spot against him. Um, I mean, the team has just been offensive rating. It's just been incredible. You know, over their last 10 games, they have a 123 offensive rating. They're 9-1 real-life record. Uh, so this, the offense is rolling, Harden's playing his normal Harden role, and I think you can kind of just consider him on every slate uh, until Durant comes back as you know a core cash game piece, and it's not going to be incorrect. Um, you know, on this slate, you know, maybe maybe you look elsewhere, but 
I don't think I can fault you if you want to play if you want to play Harden at ten point nine, which is still very reasonable. And the other guy I was looking at, um, he's kind of become really popular among season long season long players, especially. But uh, Nick Claxton at thirty three hundred has really carved out a kind of a consistent role in that backup center slot. Um, you know, just going through going through his game logs: eighteen minutes, sixteen minutes, seventeen minutes. 13 minutes, 15 minutes, 14 minutes. And he's had really up and down production-wise. You know, it's 9 points, 27. 7.5 points, 30 points. 27.5 points, 11 points. But that's still pretty interesting where maybe we can get him up to like 20, 22 minutes in a blowout, in a uh, blowout scenario like this game. Um, and he's looked great. He's, he's looked like a, a real find for Brooklyn. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if you know they kind of try to ramp him up a little bit so they can uh, save Jordan more for for the playoffs. And um, we are struggling a little bit for value on this slate. So while I think I'd rather keep him for tournaments, I I wouldn't mind if you went if you went Claxton as a, a value piece in cash games. Yeah, and I think he's in play also, um, <clears throat> just like the Isaiah Stewart on the other side. If you think this game's a blowout and he's going to see eighteen to twenty four minutes. That's yep. where that's when you want to target him in blowout scenarios because Jeff Green is back now, taking a, a couple extra minutes in the front court, um, and we could attack him while Durant and Blake Griffin are still out in a game environment, which leans heavily to the Nets taking a substantial lead. Uh, and then yeah, James Harden as well. He had a down game. He only shot one of eight in the last game from three, six of sixteen overall, and he still put up fifty-one fantasy points. That just tells you this guy is in the zone. Uh, and you can go to him at any time. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's pretty exciting. Where I, I, I definitely suffered through the Harden at the beginning of the year, just kind of waiting for him to turn it around. And um, this offense is just going to be really, really scary in the playoffs and kind of moving forward, especially if, if uh, Harden and Kyrie remain locked in like this, and hopefully Durant can just add add that <laughs> extra dimension. Yeah, it's going to be, and we're they're going to pick some people up too, I assume. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, on this next game, though, we have the the Raptors at the the Hornets. Uh, a fast paced two twenty eight and a half total here. Uh, the Hornets are two point home favorites, similar uh, total to the first game. Uh, but we have the the Raptors have all the usual suspects that missed the last couple: Van Vliet, Siakam. Uh, OG, then we have Malachi Flynn, Patrick McCall. They're all out <clears throat> uh, again for this one. They and then we don't have anybody on the Hornets on the list. They haven't uh, submitted anything yet, but I don't believe they have too many guys. I think everybody's back. Um, we might have Graham still on a minutes limit, but besides that, they don't have an injury report as of yet. So that's good news for them. They were dealing with some stuff for a while now. But um, let's jump to – I'll jump to with the, the Raptors here. Um, so we're looking at similar story, a fantastic matchup. We have Kyle Lowry at 8,700 again and Norm Powell in the, in the 7Ks again. Uh, but these two guys, with everybody gone, these two and uh, Chris Boucher are the guys that are controlling everything. And Cody Zeller, Bismack Biombo aren't the imposing centers that really – throw you off of Chris Boucher. 
So at 6,600, he's another fantastic center option if you're not going digging deep there. Um, oh, yeah. Norm, pa- Norm Powell, 7'3". This dude's just dropping 30 points a game. Um, thir- three times in the last four games, he dropped over 30 actual points. I mean, you don't want to pay 7'3 for Norm Powell, but in, especially in a matchup like this, this, this guy's just on fire, so you can't fault him going there. And Lowry is just – he's running the offense. He's the only – uh, without Van Vliet there, he's pretty much controlling the offense. I don't want to go to Lowry looking at all the other options, uh, but if you want to make a, a tournament pivot from other guys, I don't mind that. And then you can look at all the, the value if you want again. Uh, Terrence Davis only played 10 minutes in the last one. Maybe they wanted to ease him back in after that ankle injury right before the break. Uh, Bembry, Stan Johnson, these guys, uh, take your shot. Um, they're, they're all playing. Those two guys played a lot of minutes. Uh Stan Johnson played 27, and he didn't do great, but um, that's still 27 minutes. Bembry played 37 minutes. He put up 22.5 fantasy points. I mean, there's there's some value on this Raptor squad, while three of their starters and, and two of their top three usage guys are, are out. Yeah, I think you nailed it. Um, Boucher is, I think, um, if we could just, Get him starting, I think he would be the best play on the slate by a significant margin. But there's just always that little inherent risk that him coming off the bench and nurse keeps him around 25 minutes for some reason. But I just I don't I don't I, I don't understand it why why this guy can't be playing 33 to 35 minutes every single night and just absolutely smashing and. You know, just being one of the most productive fantasy point per minute players in you know in the NBA. Um, I think the matchup is just is tremendous for him. Uh, the The Hornets really like to go small with PJ at the five, so I think that lines up better than uh, starting Baines at center, where it actually did make a lot more sense with you know Boston playing a lot of Thompson and Tice at the five. And then Atlanta playing Capella at the five. Um, I think Boucher can match up better with Zeller and PJ Washington. So hopefully, hopefully we get Boucher in the starting lineup. But I think regardless, he's going to be a core cash game piece for me. And I think same thing with Powell. Uh, I agree completely. We don't really want to pay this price tag, but the dude is not leaving the floor. And he's been kind of their main scoring option, I would say, or... Between him, Lowry, and Boucher, he's just been awesome scoring the ball. I don't, I don't, I don't really know, know, know how else to explain it. Uh, I think the one thing to be aware of with him is he's been very, very reliant on the scoring and the efficient shooting to get his fantasy points. So if he has a 7 for 22 game type of game, he's probably not going to pay off this price tag, but... It's, it's hard to, you can't really complain. He's getting tremendous shot volume and he's playing in the upper 30s in minutes. And um, I think you could probably project that for this game again. Uh, for in, for 7,300, that's, uh, I think that's fairly reasonable. Um, Kyle Lowry, I think, is another guy. You, you should keep it in your cash game consideration. Um, I, I, I wouldn't mind playing all three of these guys. I, I think that's perfectly viable in cash games uh, probably not for tournaments because you want to get access to some upside but 
I think all three should be definitely be in your cash game pool. Uh, for right now, I think I'm leading just Chris Boucher from this team. And ancillary guys, I'm I, I'm not all too interested in. All right, man. <clears throat> and on the the other side of the ball with the the Hornets, I'm looking at them, and I just think they're all they're all fairly priced, uh, and, and yeah. you can pretty much match them up with the Raptor guys. Like I I think Powell is slightly safer than Rozier at a hundred dollars cheaper. A uh, Ball and Lowry could be matched up. I don't. As good as Lamella Ball has been, I don't want to pay eight six for him. Uh, and then you have Hayward, it, right around that Norm Powell price as well. I think I would. He has the best matchup um, because there's just really no one on the other team. They're all backups on that forward position. On normally normal backups are playing forward, power forward, small forward. So don't mind Hayward or PJ Washington here. Uh, but I don't think I'm going to gravitate towards this lineup uh, or this side of the ball too, too much. Um, maybe if Devontae Graham does not have a minutes limit and we're seeing uh, near 28 to 30 minutes out of him in, in a super small lineup, I will look to him at 5K. But he's probably going to be limited again. Uh, he, only, he only played 18 minutes in that first game back after missing nearly a month. So I don't I don't know if he's going to be ready for too much. So I'm not going to. I'm probably not going to have too much exposure to this side of the ball. Yeah, and um, I think they're they're getting Devontae Graham back, too. They're going to start working him into a bigger role. Well, I don't think that really takes away from LaMelo all that much. Uh, it's just another kind of key ball handler that they've been missing for, for quite a while, that higher usage guy that they're reintroducing to the lineup. And... I think the the especially uh, Ball's price tag is fairly reasonable, um, but man, like I you can go to Kyle Lowry who's missing a ton of usage guys. De'Aaron Fox is uh, in a later game isn't all that much more expensive and just an even better game environment. Um, I, yeah, I, I think I think I want to wait on this Hornets team and let kind of let everyone fall five six hundred dollars before reinvesting. All right, man. Uh, let's jump over to the last game at 7 p.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time, and this is the Milwaukee Bucks at the Washington Wizards. The Wizards are they currently played uh, tonight on Friday, so they don't have an injury report as of yet. Uh, but we also don't have anything submitted from the the Bucks because they are fully healthy right now. Um, so that's pretty good to hear. Also, uh, and on the we don't have a spread because the Wizards played tonight. Uh, so we do not have a spread for them. We'll probably get one in the morning when they get a better idea of who's in and who's out. <clears throat> on this, though, the Wizards are on the front or the back end of a back-to-back, and I forgot to mention that the Raptors are on the front end of a back-to-back uh, from the earlier ones that we said. So let's start with the the Buck side of the ball. This is probably going to be a high-scoring game. Might be a blowout uh we don't have the spread yet, but I could say about seven points because the Wizards are home. Probably um, Wizards are getting seven at home. But what are you? How are you feeling about this side of the ball on the Bucks? Yeah, I think Giannis is uh, man. I, I I really do want to see that spread because I think you couldn't really ask for a better matchup for Giannis with you know just every Wizards game. It's just 
such an up-tempo game context. It just helps everybody who's playing them. Um, the issue, like, but the Wizards on the second night of the back-to-back, they're getting blown out tonight. Uh, it, it's tough. Giannis is, I think Giannis is going to rate really well in projections. Um, but there's also a couple other guys in, in some of the later games that I, I really like as build-around build spends, too. Um, I think he's in this very similar vein to Harden, where it's just not, never a bad play, I think, uh, with, with Giannis, especially in a game context like this. Um, if, if the game stays close, he's going to smash the price tag. Um, and then even even if not, even if he only gets 29 minutes and they blow him out, it's likely because Giannis just went completely, completely insane. So I think I would take Giannis slightly ahead of Harden in terms of a, a cash game build around. I'd be a little wary in tournaments, though, um, for, for for some blowout potential. Everyone else, Chris Middleton, just a little too expensive. Um, just not not all too interested with everyone healthy. I think you could pro- you could take a chance on Bobby Portis, um, thinking maybe maybe they get some blowout run here. But um, my big decision point is going to be whether to build around Giannis um, if it's worth it on this slate. And that makes sense. And, and against this Wizards front court, that's where you want to attack the main mainly too. Uh, right. So I think seeing the we're going to get the injury report on the Wizards before the night starts because this is they're still a, this game's at seven. This first first game for the main slate. Um, so we'll we'll know exactly who's in, who's out, and where the spread's going to be anyway. So if if everybody's playing, it makes it a little bit more competitive. And that means Giannis should play a little bit more. And in this matchup, great matchup for him. Um, I also like Bobby Portis at 4-1. And that power forward eligibility is nicer because there are a lot of centers on this slate that are pretty solid. Uh, So looking at that power forward eligibility, you can attack that. And at 4-1, another guy who can take advantage of this just bad front court. I would say Brooke Lopez, but uh, he can barely take advantage of anything lately. Uh, even though the last two games that he's played been pretty well, <clears throat> but most of his shots are coming from the outside. So he's not one that's bullying people up front, uh, but that's where I would be looking at the most on this. And if you really wanted, um, you can possibly look at drew holiday at six, five. Now he did play 25 minutes in the last game. So maybe his minutes are going up and up and up again, but uh, he just hasn't shown it yet to where, I can fully trust that. <clears throat> yeah, uh, and I think we're kind of getting to the point of the season two where we, I mean, we still have half the season left, but just the real life standings watch where the Bucks are currently third, and then there's a big gap with the four, between the fourth and seventh uh, place teams in the East. Uh, there are two games behind the Sixers. They're uh, a game and a half behind the Nets currently. So I would think they want to keep pace with those teams and probably by around the time playoffs uh, come around, maybe we'll start to see fans back in the stands again. So home court might actually matter a little bit more than it, uh, than it did during last year's playoffs or teams might care a little bit more. So, yeah, I mean, I, that does make me a little more bullish on uh, Giannis where – you know, right now they still need to fight for standings, you know, whereas last year they were, they were kind of just coasting um, towards the end of the season. 
um, which which I think is important. You know, I I think they'll 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 want to extend their guys maybe just a little bit more just just so they're keeping pace at least. Right, man. But how are you feeling about this this other side of the ball in the uh, the Wizards? And I forgot to mention that David Ber- Davis Bertans he left this game on Friday early uh, with a calf injury, and he did not return. Uh, so that is something to keep an eye on. I I would assume he's closer to doubtful than probable for this game, just because it's the back end of a back to back. But that opens up some minutes for some other guys here and and. Where would you be looking at on the wizard side of the ball? Yeah, I, I think uh, Danny Avita is pretty interesting at 4K. Um, I'm not all that interested in center roulette. You know, I, I had to do that on the two game slate. It was just awful trying to the Robin Lopez and Mo Wagner and it's, oh god, <laughs> never, <laughs> never again. Um, so I think you largely should ignore those guys, and I don't think. Rui, Rui maybe gets a little more secure in his minutes. Um, you know, it's been a little disheartening seeing the 25, 32, 25, 25, 26 over his last uh, five games. So maybe you, you get him a little more secure, but then it's also not a good spot in the slightest against, you know, the Giannis, Brook Lopez uh, defensive front line for the Bucks. And in general, it's a big slate. I guess, you know, Denny is cheap enough at 4K where you, you can justify it as a value play. But, man, it, it, this team is just so tough when Russ and Beal are playing. And it, it feels like you're just throwing darts at any of the ancillary guys where you're just, you're just hoping the guy you picked happens to get a spiked game with Russ and Beal on the court. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at them and I, I'm not, I don't really want to touch anybody on this team at the moment. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'll see what happens with the starting lineup. Uh, but currently, I'm probably going to shy away from them, looking at the matchup, looking at the possible blowout scenario, and just uh, everybody outside of Westbrook and Beale is hard to play anyway, and I think we have other options that we don't have to attack them here. Yeah, I mean, you know, if Denny, Denny does end up starting, and um, may, I think that would probably be the only spot, but just just not just not a good game context and just things we should generally be avoiding when building lineups. This next one at 7:30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time is the highest spread of the night. We have the Kings traveling to Atlanta to take on the Hawks. Uh, it is a 239 and a half over under and the Hawks are 4-point home favorites. Uh, on the injury report, we have Chris Dunn, DeAndre Hunter, Cam Reddish all out and uh, Okungwu as probable. We have the Kings. We have Woodward, Whiteside, and Meadow as out. Uh, on the the King side, I think you mentioned it before. Fox is in a fantastic matchup. Only nine two. Uh, he's coming off a sixty four point game before the the break and a fifty six point game after the break. Back to back thirty point actual scoring games and nearly 10 or ten and a half assists. So he's been on fire those last two games and seven and a half rebounds yeah. uh, against Trey Young's defense, against this Hawks team. Uh, both teams like to play fast. He's squarely in play for me. He's a at, at a really good price tag. We mentioned a couple guys around this price tag. Uh, this is just very good matchup. The highest total on the night that we have so far, uh, we just don't have – Two of the seven games, uh, so and this this 
game leads the second highest that we have by a, a big six and a half points. So it's, it's easily the highest one, one we have, and I, I think Fox makes for a really good play here. And um, then looking at everybody else, I think I wanted to say Halliburton also, but he only played 18 minutes against Houston. I know that game got way out of hand. Maybe they didn't want to play him too much, but he did miss a couple weeks. So maybe he's just not ready to play an extended minute. And I don't know if I can go there without knowing he's ready to play extended minutes. Uh, but I think Barnes makes for a good, good matchup here. There's not the wings on Atlanta are kind of beat up right now. He can, he's playing the three and the four. A Gallo is not a great defender. Bogdanovich against his old team is not a great defender. Um, he is in play for me as well near at six, eight. And then I'll, I'll decide what happens with Halliburton when I get more news. And this game starts at seven 30. So I believe we should have the news on that, um, fairly earlier, but uh, I think Fox is a guy is definitely in play. Barnes is, um, one for me, but I'll, <clears throat> he won't be like a lock and load type of guy and, and Halliburton I'm waiting on outside of that. I'm not really looking at anybody else. Yeah. Um, the thing Walton is kind of just in desperation mode, um, just to try to keep his job um, pretty much every game. And he's just riding his top six guys as as hard as he can. Um, so the minutes workload for everybody, for Fox, Barnes, Buddy Heald, Rashawn Holmes. And I'm not worried about Howie. I think he'll get back to 30 minutes relatively soon. Um, and then Bagley. Those those six guys are, you know, that's where a majority of the production production is going to come with the Kings. Um, the issue is they all kind of take turns outside of Fox really going off, um, and they're all kind of priced appropriately for for that locked in workload, uh, which makes it a little tough to to choose. Um, I think Barnes and Buddy Heald have the most secure minutes of the ancillary guys off Fox. Um, I, I think Halliburton and Holmes are two of the better fantasy point per minute guys. Um, but there's a little, there's always a little foul trouble risk with Holmes. And then, like you said, Halliburton maybe has a little bit of a minutes restriction, uh, coming back from injury. Um, and then Bagley is just, cannot be, is the exact definition of inconsistent playing time where, He'll have nineteen and eight through three quarters, and then not see any fourth quarter run. Um, it's just absolutely maddening uh, coaching from Walt, from Walton. Um, but yeah, I, I I wouldn't mind if you played any of these six guys in this game and uh, in this game context. Right, awesome. <clears throat> and on the other side of the ball, I think Capella's finally dropped a little. He was he was getting crazy territory in that yeah, mid play, eight and play. a half. Uh, that mid at eight and a half K range. I think seven five. We even saw last night, last game, he put up nearly forty four p- fantasy points. Uh, this is good where we can play him and bring up bring back value. But I do think there are a lot of solid center options on the slate. So if you wanted to go a little bit cheaper, don't mind it there. John Collins is in a good spot against Marvin Bagley, a uh, guy who has been. One of the worst defenders of, at power forward in the league. I think he, a couple weeks ago he was rated uh, 56th out of 76 qualifying power forwards. So very good matchup for John Collins here. Uh, and at 6.5, I like that matchup or that price tag as well. We already mentioned a couple guys around that price tag. So 
<clears throat> we do have options in that that lower mid mid range there. I don't hate Trey Young, but I I think that um, we 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 talked about like a, a paying up for a Giannis, paying up for a Harden, uh, Fox on the other side of the ball with six hundred dollars cheaper. I don't know how much Trey Young I'll have with the, the options there, and then we got a, a couple other guys uh, later on to go there. So while Trey Young don't hate the play, I, he's just not going to be one that I'm going to fully attack. I think I'm going to take advantage of some of these other guys that are a little cheaper in this awesome matchup. And then I'm looking at uh, Bogdanovich. I know he had a very brutal 0 for 6 shooting game. He only played 17 minutes in the last one. Uh, they still don't have Reddish. They still don't have Hunter. They still need him to play more minutes. And this is the perfect opportunity against his former team to have his first good game uh, pretty much all season or pre- since since the new year, I should say. So um, I do like him at 3,800. It, it's about time that he fits into this team. At some point, Gallinari has been hit or miss, mostly, mostly miss. I think it's Bogdanovich is, uh, I just have a hunch that this revenge game narrative is something that uh, gets him up and gets him ready for this game. And I just, I know Tony Snell hit a game winner, but I just, he's one of the worst players in the league. I just can't get behind him. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think you nailed it. Um, I have a little more interest in Trey Young. I think the the Kings defense, after their their mirage of a 7-1 and one, um Record over that eight-game span has fallen off a cliff again. They're back to being uh, below uh, 120 defensive rating in their last 10 games. And this is kind of a sneaky up-tempo spot for the Hawks, uh, who were who have been 29th in pace over the last 10 games compared to uh, 17th for them for the season. So they've kind of really slowed things down. Uh, while the Kings have... Um, kind of maintained a top 10 pace uh, throughout their last 10 games and throughout the season. Um, so I, I I think he's perfectly acceptable as, you know, a cash building block. Uh, the Kings guard line can't stop anybody. And you are getting you are getting a little bit of a discount off a of Harden, off a of Giannis, where your roster build will be a little bit different and you can get um, some pretty, pretty solid upgrades on a slate that's really lacking in, in cheap, cheap value. Uh, Bogdanovich, I think, is going to be uh, a really popular value play. He might be one of the more popular plays on the slate. Uh, it's revenge. He's going to have revenge in his heart against the Kings um, because that's just how it always is, <laughs> right? And, uh, yeah, I think Clint Capella, 7,500, is, uh, you nailed it, is... He's finally back to playable levels, and we get a really good up-tempo spot for him, and it's a really good buy-level opportunity for for Capella, where you know, I think twenty, you know, a twenty-rebound game is well within reach uh, in this in this spot. Um, so I like this game a ton. I think it's very game stackable. Um, I like the idea of playing Trey Young and De'Aaron Fox as building blocks and. Um, kind of just really differentiating off the hard and Giannis tier. And I think the rest of the guys are fairly priced, but maybe just a little bit under where we expect them to be in a game environment like this. Um, and there's just some horrible, horrible games on the slate and a few others with just really massive spreads. Um, so it's, it can't be underrated too that this is only a three and a half point spread 
uh, with this massive game total. So, yeah, play this game. <laughs> I'll play a lot of this game. And the Hawks are on the front end of a back-to-back. I forgot to mention that one. Now let's go to the next game. This is the only game that's at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The next two are at 10 p.m. And this is out of the five spreads that we have of the five of the seven. This is the second highest of the night. It's a 233 over under. And uh, the away team, it's the Blazers at the Wolves. And the Blazers are four and a half point road favorites in this one Uh, for the injury report we have malik beasley jordan mclaughlin d'angelo russell all out for the wolves and Jarrett culver as doubtful Uh, for the blazers we have the usual suspects nurkic mccollum uh, giles and collins all out and both of these teams are on the front ends of the back-to-back and interestingly they're both playing again against each other on sunday night so this is the first of a uh Repeat back-to-back for both teams. And uh, starting with the the Blazers, man, what are you looking for on the Blazers side of the ball? I know we pretty much know what we are look what we have in them uh, with all these four main guys out. Uh, Nurkic is getting closer. McCollum is getting closer a little bit as well. Uh, but everything's going to change when they come back. But what do you like in this matchup uh, right now? Uh, I, I think I like this game a little more for tournaments than for cash game builds. Um it's it's pretty hard to argue that Dame that Dame is not worth his 10.7k price tag, but I just always I just have a huge issue paying that uh, when he's so close to a Giannis or a Harden, uh, who aren't nearly as scoring dependent as Dame is. You know, it's um, and kind of what I like about you know going down the tray or going down to Fox is you're you're getting significant you're getting. Uh, significant salary savings over, you know, the upper 10K guys. Whereas if you play Dame over the other two guys, you're just hoping he outscores James Harden and Giannis, which is, uh, it's just not a bet I I really like to make um, on most slates. So I think the way I want to attack this, uh, this game, and I don't really play too many tournament uh, teams these days, but, I think I want to do a game stack with Damian um, and Cat as the building blocks, and then just moving on from there and getting I think getting really pretty low ownership, but still getting uh, real upside in you know one of the better game environments and one of the closer spreads on the slate. Awesome, and yeah, I don't uh, this team and Lillard would be just a tournament pivot for me if I was doing what you were talking about outside of him it is a good really good matchup uh maybe i would look at robert covington at five six but i don't not in love with the rest of the the matchups here um yeah just just the other pieces on the blazers haven't been too consistent and you can't really it's hard to trust them and, and go with them on a given night uh looking and the Wolves are coming off their first win and a blowout win uh, the other night, and now they're playing at home. So we'll see if something's has something has changed on on their side. Uh, but how are you feeling on the on the wolf side of the ball? Just yeah, I, I, I think Cat uh, Towns is just an extraordinary tournament play. While he's below ten k, um, if you kind of look at the Minnesota game logs, it's like there just hasn't been a spot. Or there's been very few spots where it just hasn't been just an insane blowout. 
Um, and when he has gotten a chance to get, you know, even just low 30s minutes, like he's the entire offense is running through him and um, he's getting a ton of playmaking responsibilities and he's, you know, getting between 15 and 20 shots every single game. Um, so I think 9 6 is just awesome, awesome price tag. And you couldn't ask for a better matchup against Cantor. Uh, I think Cantor's going to struggle quite a bit uh, in this matchup, being uh, forced away from the rim and forced to defend Towns on the perimeter. Um, man, I, I'm kind of talking myself into it, but I, I, I think Towns can be really uh, kind of like a really great secondary piece uh, as uh, in cash game builds. It's it's just so it's just so cheap for uh, the upside he can bring if he's get if he gets to 33, 34 minutes. Yeah, and he's going against Cantor, so he can't eat in that matchup too. And at under 10K, he's definitely an option uh, in your player pool. I know he's coming off a few just rough games, but like you said, most of these games have been blowouts. Look at the the last close game was against the Knicks, four-point game. Outside of that, all double-digit games, and that's putting it lightly uh, for the most part. (laughs) <laughs> they've been like 20 to third last last game and then they won the, the first game they won in a while they win by 30 go figure uh, but i think at nine six he definitely makes for a a guy who can enter your player pool then you're looking at everybody else um rubio is not a scorer especially at this stage of his career i would have liked to attack the starting point guard against uh, the blazers in this one but i don't love him i i think you can look at noel but after dropping 28 points he might have a bit higher ownership or i don't know if he can do that again he made most of his shots um four six is not a bad price tag to see that through though and uh like nas reed at 39 even though he's playing behind towns uh he he's still been pretty productive and i know most of them have been blowouts like we just mentioned but even in 16 minutes this guy's been bringing back value so i don't hate it there but i do think we have better options and just uh, if you do game stack this type of guy that or this game that would be where i would look but i'm looking at a a guy like Jaden mcdaniels someone's taking over this power forward spot and he made it he staked his claim in the first game after the the all-star break here he didn't start but um he, he severely outplayed vanderbilt uh Lehman would move more towards small forward. Hernan Gomez didn't touch the court until late. Uh, Okogie is not that good. So I, I, I don't mind looking at McDaniels here at 3,700 and what looks to be a solid matchup for him as well. Yeah, I mean, just the issue with those ancillary guys is I, I just don't know. It's very much like throwing darts. It's, you know, McDaniels is at two really great, two pretty good games with bigger minutes, but, you know, if. Vanderbilt starts and he plays well, you know, it's going to be Vanderbilt getting, you know, the 25 to 30 minutes in that slot. Um, I think uh, Anthony Edwards at 6,500, just his usage rate has been stupidly good. <laughs> like, I mean, if you just take a look at the, the field goal attempts, 20, 22, 22, 23, 22. Uh, it's crazy. <laughs> like, this dude just is unconscious and is willing to launch um, – with with no regard for backboards or you know building houses or anything, just uh, I think he's I think he he's squarely in play. Um, I think he compares pretty well to the guys in the Hawks and the Kings game. 
Um, I think he, he's definitely a little more risky because he's really tied to if, hey, can he somewhat score efficiently? But uh, I think he also has the upside that some of those other guys don't uh, just with the pure shot volume he's getting at this at this price tag. All right, man, I like it. <clears throat> and then let's flip on over to the next game, the first game at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This is the Indiana Pacers at the Phoenix Suns. We have a spread for this one, and this is the by far the lowest one of the night that we have. Uh, the Pacers are, or the Suns are five and a half point home favorites, and the total is 219. Uh, <clears throat> on the injury report, we have an, also the, the Pacers are on the back end of a back to back, so we don't have anybody for them on the injury report, but we do have uh, some guys for the Suns, and that is that. Uh, Cameron Johnson is out, and uh, Booker is probable for this one. He played in the last one. It looks like he's going to play again in this one. Uh, and I will say what we do know for the, the Pacers is that Karis LeVert is going to make his Pacer debut in this one. It's awesome. <clears throat> yeah, it's awesome for him. Feel-good story. Uh, saved his life to get traded. So that that's fantastic. Yes. It's, it's, it's insane. I never heard of that before. Um but I'll jump into the, the Pacers side on this one. I'm looking at everybody, knowing that they're going to integrate Karis LeVert back in, or not back, but into the lineup for the first time. I really don't want to touch anybody on this team. Usually when yeah. you're integrating people into the lineup that haven't played, traded for, we saw it even with the Nets, with everybody, they don't come out the same that they were doing before. I don't know how much Levert is actually going to play in this one. They, I don't, they didn't give a limit yet. I'm assuming we're going to have. Yeah, he's just going to get eased in. But even that it disrupts the flow when you when you start playing with someone new, and then you're playing against the Suns, who are, as I repeat every time, a top five defense and the second slowest team in the league. Just not a team that I really want to attack at at these prospective price tags. Yeah, I mean, just just don't do it. Like, even if Karis wasn't coming back, and you know. Um, I imagine it's probably only going to be, you know, 15, 20 minutes, something along those lines. But that's still integrating a, a high, high usage guy for 15 to 20 minutes. That's not going to Sabonis or Brogdon or, you know, TJ McConnell or any of those guys. Um, it's just it's just not good DFS theory. Like the, the Suns are an awesome team. They're an awesome defense. Um we don't get we don't have any injuries to take advantage of on the Pacers side. Um, kind of everything that we should be looking for for a good DFS play. This game has none of it. <laughs> uh, low total. Um, yeah, it's it, it's an easy avoid. Awesome, and then flipping on over to the the other side. I'm in a similar boat. Um, yeah, I know I know Booker just dropped a a big game there. Uh, but I'm looking at all the price tags, and I'm not as they usually are. They're they're fairly priced out. Uh, Aiton is only six three, but he's just been such a letdown. Uh, I I don't know where I want to look on this team. Maybe Miles Brid- or Michael Bridges, but I, I'm gonna pass pretty much on this en- entire game. Yeah, there's there's just no reason to do it um, unless we get some. In- we can't even depend on news, really, because this is just one of the few late games, and most of the games will long have started if we get some random news. And 
Um, we've said it all season with the Suns. They, their death by a thousand cuts. You know, they very much spread the ball around. They spread the usage around. Um, the Pacers are a really good defensive team. Neither of these teams play fast. The Suns are ridiculously slow. Um, the Pacers are kind of middle of the pack. Um, yeah, uh, we, we can do better. I, I even even in tournaments, if you're thinking low owned, it's, it's just there's just no there's just such little upside. You're just kind of throwing darts um, with this game. All right, man, and let's get to the last game of the night. This is another one with no spread. We have the Nuggets on the back end of a back to back on this one, uh, but we have the Dallas Mavericks traveling to the Denver Nuggets. And on the injury report, again, there's no one on the Nuggets side because we, they're play, uh, they played tonight. But Jim Michael Green, Gary Harris, uh, Zeke Nanji, and R.J. Hampton all missed Friday's game, so that's something to keep an eye on. We saw Paul Millsap and Campazzo make their returns. Paul Millsap, another guy, keep your eye on him. He just returned after a solidly long absence. I don't. He he might miss again. He, he missed near, uh, pretty much a month of the season. So I don't know if he's going to play on the second night of a back-to-back. Um, on the Dallas side, we have uh, no one or just Tyrell Terry is out with illness and everybody else is currently off the list. We saw Luca um, Porzingis. They missed the last game. <clears throat> they should be good for this one. But start on the, the, the Mavs side of the ball, man. Where can you attack these guys? Uh, they're going against the Nuggets team that are on the second leg of a back-to-back um, do you feel comfortable going with Luca, who's priced out just like the other big guys on here, or Porzingis in a uh, what looks to be a, a solid matchup? Yeah, I think I, I think Luca wins the upper ten k battle for me, um, just because I think the game environment is going to be by far the most competitive. Uh, we don't have a line for this game, but it'd be hard to imagine it's more than like three or four points. In, in either direction. Um, and he's, he's just a little bit, he's a little bit cheaper too. So, I mean, you're getting, you know, three, $400 off Harden and, and Giannis. Um, and it's just a good spot. Uh, Luca, Luca and Kristaps are both really well rested. Uh, they both play better when they're both active. And I, I just, I just, I think the profile of Luca just really, really fits um, what I'm what I'm looking for on, on this slate, especially. So I haven't quite decided if I want to play one of one of those upper 10k guys. But if I had to rank it, I think it would be Luca, Giannis, and then Harden. But if, again, these these three guys, along with Jokic, are probably all the best fantasy DFS fantasy players uh, of anybody. And it's just like, it's just not wrong. I don't think if you, if you play any single one of them on pretty much any, any given slate, um, it's just such thin margins, but I like the spot for Luca. He should be really well rested. Um, I like the really competitive game environment. Um, neither team really plays great defense. Both teams are really good really good offensively. Um, I think he's he's the one guy I'm looking at on this Dallas team. The The rest of the guys are just a little bit too priced up for the games that Chris Dobbs and Luka have missed. Yeah, and if, if you're looking at Luka, he's averaged in the two meetings against the Nuggets this year 
nearly 83 fantasy points. Uh, so he's had himself a very good series, averaging 36 points, 10 rebounds, 14 assists. Um, <clears throat> a lot. Some of that's been without guys in the lineup, but uh, that's just fantastic, <laughs> fantastic numbers to look at. And I, I think you can't go wrong with Luca. Looking at everybody else, if they are healthy, and we won't know until later, so it's not something that we can lock in before all the other games. Um, <clears throat> but if they're all healthy, they're all kind of priced to where they had those good games without uh, Porzingis and Luca in there last time. Right. Um, like Brunson's nearly 6K, Jay Rich 5'3", uh, Hardaway 5'2". I don't mind Hardaway in this type of environment, but I think there's so many other options out there. Uh, even in that 6K range, uh, if we can get up there, that uh, I I just much prefer. Um, but if you're if you're in that five two, I don't mind going hard away. But outside of that, I'm not. I, it's just the two guys that get so much usage in in Luca and in Porzingis. So everybody else takes backseat over here. <clears throat> yeah, agreed. Um, but how you feeling about this this Nugget side of the ball, man? I know you mentioned Jokic a little bit, but uh, can you look at anybody else? I don't. I don't think so. Um, they're getting a little, little bit healthier. They're getting a couple guys back. Um, Paul Millsap came back. Um, I guess. I mean, just Porter. Porter's all the way up to seven K. Murray is at eight two. I think I'd much. I'd spend up for Lamelo. I'd spend up for Lowry. I'd spend up for Fox. Uh, kind of in that general price range rather than going to Murray. Um, and then all the rest of the ancillary guys, you know, as long as Jokic and Murray and Porter are all healthy, I'm, it, it's just not it's just not a good uh, usage investment with, with anyone else. Um, so I, I think I would look at Jokic. Um, I think Murray will probably be a lower-owned tournament guy you can go to. But, again, I prefer the guys that I, I, I just stated. Porter's just a little too expensive at 7K. Um, so I, I think it's just Jokic. Yeah, and I'm looking at him too. Everybody's kind of priced up. Uh, I know Paul Mills, we're still looking at Millsap, Harris, and, and Green to see if they're going to be available for this one. Um, but I think everybody's a slightly priced up. And Jokic, I probably won't play him too much, just knowing that I do like Luka more. I do like Harden more. Uh, possibly like Giannis more. Um, so I won't have too much exposure to him there, um, even though he's not a bad play ever. <clears throat> I just prefer some other guys. There's just uh, too many guys over 10K, and we can't play them all here. So probably not going to have much exposure on this side of the ball as well. And even though this is a what looks to be a really solid uh, matchup and, and competitive playoff environment game here. <clears throat> yeah, but, uh, said it. Well, before we head on out of here, I do want to ask. Uh, some of our our listeners asked us to do this a couple times. I've been trying to get it in there, uh, but let's let's break down some of uh, your favorite plays here, man. Um, and if you want to take a second to think of uh, like a, a player from each tier that you're just very high on, <clears throat> well, okay. we can do that. Um, we'll throw out. I, I think you kind of hit couple people here but who would be one of your favorite uh, spend ups here yeah um I, I think it's the list um that, that that i just said i think it's luca 
then Giannis, and then Harden, and then Jokic in that in that order. Um, if we're going down a little bit cheaper, if you want, I would start with um, I love Towns at ninety six hundred. Um, I kind of talking through that. I was just noticing, holy cow! Like I, I think that tag is just awesome. Uh, it's just way too cheap for the upside. He possesses, you know, he's normally a guy we're kind of paying that 10.6, 10.7K 10, 10. Uh, price tag for. Um, so if he gets to 33, 34 minutes, I, I think he's, he's just an outstanding, outstanding play. Um, I really like him. Fox at 9,200, I think is outstanding. Um, so I would lean those two kind of in the 9K range. Um, I think you can go to, let's see. Who did I? Uh, Chris Boucher is the gold star play of the day. Uh, 6,600. Um, I think there's a decent chance he starts. Uh, if my, my logic is correct, where the Hornets, they play way smaller than the, the Celtics or the, um, the the Hawks do. And I think he matches up better with PJ at the five than Baines would. So I'm hoping for it that we we get Boucher starting, but I, I think regardless, they, he's he's just they kept. usually start Zeller. Uh, so I, I think Boucher would come off the bench, but I I, I would rather have him off the bench personally because I think that drives his ownership a little the lower. And yeah. normal once he's it, when people see that he's starting, it's like, oh, we have to go Chris Boucher, and I I think he's one of my favorite, if not favorite, uh, plays around that price range too in that mid mid range that you'd say and that six six i think that's awesome there uh i'd prefer him to come off the bat i still think he's going to see 30 minutes in this matchup either way just because they're so beat up they don't they right. have to play him they, they can't really throw him off the bench here so uh, i mean not throw him off keep him on the bench here so i think he's going to have to play regardless <clears throat> but I, i'm just what worries me a little bit though with boucher is They've been willing to play Baines and Boucher together the last two games against the Hawks and, and Boston, uh, which makes sense because both those teams, you know, generally they have a true center on the floor at all times. And, you know, they kind of have a bigger power forward um, that Boucher can match up with. Uh, so that worries me a little bit uh, with the small ball. If, um, you know, if Boucher is not getting that 30-minute mark, if he's down to, 20, you know, 25, 26, he can still get there, but... Just always creeping in the back of my mind a little bit, unfortunately. And who would be your your favorite value plays on the night? Oh man, let's see. Um, I think Bogdan uh, on the Hawks, thirty eight hundred, is is going to be a kind of a core cash game guy, shooting guard, small forward, uh, viability. The, the Hawks' wings are still missing. It's against the Kings' defense. Um, it's really hard really hard to pass that up, uh, pass that value up. Um, man, other than that, there's just not a whole lot of great cheap value uh, that, that you can feel really confident in at this point, um, which I think kind of makes, makes playing like a, starting your teams with the, a Towns and a Fox over – the super expensive guys make some sense um, just because I, I don't see very much down here that I would really want to put into my cash games. Uh, we talked about Nick Claxton a little bit at 3,300, but he takes up a center slot. 
which isn't ideal. Same thing with Isaiah Stewart at 3,600. Um, man, I don't know. I other other than Bogdan, I there's just not there's just not a whole lot of good value down here. Right? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I like uh, Bogdanovich here. I like McDaniel's, and then I don't mind looking at some of this Raptor value that I think is still there. I don't think they have huge upside, but uh, I don't think they kill you if you throw them in your lineup as well. But I do really like Bogdanovich and, and McDaniel's on the under 4K uh, with some other options, but those would be my two guys that I, I lean the most towards. <clears throat> All right, man. And do you want to say anything before we head on out of here? Anything, any last minute uh, things you want to throw in there? Um, yeah, I, I think kind of the big, maybe the big lesson I found myself over, over the all-star break is don't be afraid to take a break. Um, it's, it really does help if you, if you feel like you're in like a big, big losing streak or, um, can't seem to get the right lineup or the right construction that taking a day off, you know, decompressing from building lineups and listening to content and um, throwing your head against a wall is, it's just so beneficial for your, um, for your mentality when you do come back and it kind of feels like a fresh game, a fresh, um, you know, fresh gambling all over again. And it just, it just breaks up the monotony of, every slate kind of blending together and feeling this feeling the same. And um, something I'm going to try to implement is just at least take one day off a week and just getting that reset. So hopefully my other six days are just that much better. All right, man. And you heard it there. Uh, and follow Aaron on Twitter. It's at Asmus sports. And you can follow me on Twitter at Santino Cocone. And we will catch you again, you guys again next week. Tomorrow we have, uh, I believe, Mike and Chuck on uh, for the Sunday slates. And thank you guys for tuning in as always. And we will see you again um, next week. Have a good one. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.